Welcome to Your Brain's BFF. I'm Pooja Venkatraman, a double Harvard grad, ex-management consultant, and former stressed-out overachiever. I use clear, simple frameworks rooted in psychology, cognitive behavioral therapy, and mindfulness to teach you how to solve any problem, anytime. Let's go. How I learned to make decisions with my brain and my gut. Making big decisions, from choosing a job to choosing a partner, is hard. Should you listen to your gut or to practical considerations? Is that strong gut feeling inner wisdom? or misguided naivete? Does thinking about practicalities make you a soulless robot or just a practical realist? And what if your gut says something different every day? Or if there are a lot of unknowns and the practicalities are hard to assess? Do not worry, my friends. I got you. Let me break down why pure gut and pure brain approaches don't work and how you can combine the two. I'm going to use my own career choices as an example here, but everything I'm saying can be applied to any choice that you have to make. Here's how pure gut can lead you astray. Early on in college, I decided that I wanted to be a screenwriter after I graduated. I'd always wanted to be a writer, but I just didn't know what kind of writer. And screenwriting just spoke to me. It was easy and fun, and it just made sense. Gut feeling, 100%. Two and a half years later, I actually went to Los Angeles and learned how the entertainment industry works. I learned that writing a screenplay is just the beginning of the process and that there's actually a lot more work involved before a TV show is made. You have to pitch to networks, cast actors, do a million takes of every scene, edit, produce, market, and worry about ratings. None of which had very much to do with writing and none of which I really wanted to do. My trusty gut suddenly said, nope. And I had no idea what to do next. I didn't do my homework about a screenwriting career earlier on because I was relying purely on my gut. And when I got new information, I made an instant 
not terribly thoughtful U-turn. Because I was relying purely on my gut. My next step, by the way, was to just show up at a bunch of recruiting events and hope for the best. A no-brain, no-gut, Hail Mary strategy that I was very lucky turned out well. Now here's how pure brain can also lead you astray. In early 2021, I knew that I needed to rethink my career. My chronic pain condition was not well managed. I had taken medical leaves at least once a year, sometimes more, every year since 2015 from a variety of different jobs. Something just wasn't working. If I wanted to have a shot at managing my pain, I needed total time flexibility. The ability to not only set my own hours, but also change things last minute, cancel a full day of meetings at a moment's notice, and not have things snowball into chaos. Given that practical consideration, I tried a practical solution. I scaled down my hours at work and massively reduced my scope. I took on just one project with no timeline, no team, and all the flexibility that I wanted. And I felt lost. Yes, the practical consideration was fulfilled. But what was I doing? What was the purpose of this? Were my dreams dead? Was this the best I could hope for? A life constrained by physical limitations? My career aspirations dead in the water? The pure brain approach left me feeling controlled by my circumstances with no choice and no purpose. So, this is how I brought my brain and my gut together to create an option that gave me purpose and fulfillment and met my practical considerations. My actual process was messier and longer than what I've laid out here. But looking back, this is what it ultimately came down to. And I wish someone had just given me these steps back then and saved me a whole lot of trouble. Step one, decide your non-negotiables. These can be brain considerations or gut considerations. The main thing is that there are things where you would rather solve the problem of how to find them than solve the problem of how to live without them. 
Let me say that again. These are things where you would rather solve the problem of how to find them than solve the problem of how to live without them. These were my non-negotiables. First, the time flexibility that I talked about. Then, doing work that involved writing. Then, having total intellectual independence. And finally, making enough money to maintain my current lifestyle. Not immediately. I had some time and financial cushion to experiment. But I did need to see a clear path forward to getting this. That's basically two gut criteria and two brain criteria. So it's not that my non-negotiables were all brain at all. The point was that I would rather figure out how to do writing work with flexibility and intellectual independence that makes me a certain amount of money. I would rather solve that problem than solve the problem of how to be okay with not writing, how to be okay with not having intellectual independence, how to be okay not having time flexibility, and or how to be okay not having the same lifestyle that I had. So all I really did here by defining my non-negotiables was design the mountain that I wanted to climb. And if you are not sure what your non-negotiables are, there are a lot of ways to find out. Go listen to the podcast episode titled Stop Saying I Don't Know What I Want and Do This Instead. Next is step two. Find options that fulfill your non-negotiables. And pick one. Now, do not tell me that you just can't think of anything. You need to clear your emotional cobwebs. Remember that not having an answer immediately spring to mind is not a problem and get brainstorming. If you want some help with this, you should go back and listen to two podcast episodes. One is called, You Don't Need Advice, You Just Need to Clear Your Emotional Cobwebs. And the second one is called, What to Do When You Just Don't Know. Now here are some of the options I came up with for myself, given my non-negotiables. Option one, getting a PhD and becoming an academic slash public intellectual, like Adam Grant or Brene Brown. Option two, 
no PhD, just start writing based on my own research and experiences. Just like Malcolm Gladwell, Michael Lewis, or Matt Levine. Option three, joining some kind of researchy consulting firm or think tank that might give me some more leeway to do my own thing. Like IDEO or GH Smart. And finally, option four, become a coach. Like Corinne Crabtree or Claudia Curran, two coaches that helped me completely change my life. To begin with, I started just writing because it was the fastest, easiest, cheapest way to figure out what I wanted to talk about. After a few weeks, I realized I was always writing about coaching concepts. Probably because I was using them on myself daily and had been doing so for over a year. So I picked Become a Coach and signed up for a coaching certification. Step three. Actively fall in love with your choice every day. This is the most important step. The option that you have chosen fulfills your own pre-decided non-negotiables. So there is nothing wrong with this choice. It is perfect for you. And yet, your brain is going to come up with objections. Especially if the thing that you're going after is something that you really want. Your gut will yearn for it in theory when it's all dreamy possibility and potential. And then that same gut will freak out when you're actually going for it. When the reality of doubts, failures, and difficulties creep in. And this is normal. So do not question and renegotiate your decision every time you get scared. Don't let your queasy gut stop you from going after the things you actually want. Instead, here's what I want you to do. First, listen fully to every objection your gut comes up with. Then, check if it's a violation of one of your non-negotiables. If you've been thoughtful about step one and step two, it probably won't be. And then, if it's not a violation of one of those non-negotiables, 
flip the objection around and use it to actively fall further in love with your choice. Now here's what this looked like for me. One fear that my brain had was coaching is weird and scammy. And so I asked it, is it? How has coaching helped me? How is coaching normal, necessary, and incredibly valuable? My brain also said, I can't choose a coaching niche. This is too confusing. And so I told it, okay, stay broad until a focus emerges for you naturally. How fun. You have no limitations. You can talk about anything. My brain was also afraid. No one will want to pay out of pocket for a coach when they can get therapy through insurance. And I told my brain, you paid out of pocket for coaching after trying therapy first. Why? Why is coaching so effective? Why is coaching 100% worth paying for? I'm not telling you to suppress your guts, fear, and objections. I'm telling you to listen to those fears and then use them as jumping off points to make your choice the right choice for you. Every fear is an opportunity to build a new kind of conviction. And finally, step four. If and only if one of your non-negotiables is affected, run this process again. You may realize that the option you chose doesn't fulfill your non-negotiables as well as you thought it did. Or maybe your non-negotiables may change. In that case, and only in that case, reconsider your choice. Being disciplined about doing this only when a true non-negotiable has been affected will help you stay true to what really matters to you without getting whiplashed around by random knee-jerk fears and reactions. For example, I was concerned that coaching isn't really writing. One-on-one coaching is mostly talking to people. Was that close enough to writing to fulfill my non-negotiable? As I explored coaching, I realized that you can do plenty of coaching via writing. Look at all of my emails and all of my podcasts. In fact, 
that's mainly how I get clients, by putting out lots of free written coaching. I also realized that for me, talking to people uses many of the same mental muscles as writing. So honestly, I was having lots of fun either way. So for now, this non-negotiable is met. And that may change in the future. Coaching may stop meeting my non-negotiables for one reason or another. Or my own non-negotiables may change. No worries. I can always change my mind and trust myself to make good decisions. Because I have a structured process to bring my brain and my gut together and make the best decision for all the sides of me. This is just one of the many ways that I help clients get results every time and faster than they thought possible. Many clients come to me with things that they have been wrestling with for months, if not years. And I have heard from them time and time again, some variation of the following. Huh, you helped me figure that out surprisingly quickly. I thought it would take much longer than this. And it's all because we go straight to the root cause and get to work. So come find out what coaching can do for you. Go to the episode description, click the link, and book a coaching consult. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Brain's BFF by me, Pooja Venkatraman. Check out the links in the episode description if you want to read this piece on my website, follow me on Instagram, subscribe to my email newsletter, or book a consult to work with me one-on-one. -on -one.